Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. There's like a podcast, nothing at all. I'm Chris, that's Dan, and what do we have for them this time? Season 2, episode 18, aired April 11th, 1991. The title is Brush with Greatness. And we get our first of three Beatles cameos in this episode. And they went for the lowest one. Well, I mean, you gotta go for low-hanging fruit. Exactly. Did you know that Marge has a crush on Ringo Starr? I mean, she did. She did, sure did. We're gonna find out how that turns out. But first, thank you everyone for continuing to support CKCC Radio. Check out all the other great shows on the channel, including The Nerd Table, with me, Dan, and Eric, talking about all that great nerd stuff every Monday at 7 a.m. Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks with Mr. Jeff Trelowitz, published author. A new episode of one of those shows every Sunday night, depending on which one he did last week. The first Monday of every month is Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton. And if you're listening to this episode, Monday is right around the corner. The first Monday of February, so check that out. It is the first. J-Buddy's Music Hub with Jason Shin. Producing backlog and new content to enjoy on this channel. The Board to Death Binge Cast with the Board to Death Clan currently reviewing WandaVision on Disney+. The Race Nerd Podcast with Mr. Matt Hardman setting up to do an AMA. And he and I have discussed doing that Dale Earnhardt retrospective. So that'll be a lot of fun. By the Numbers with Matt Derline. His latest guests were the Diamond City War Machines, and his next guest will be Shane Storm. And The A-Show, Matt, Chris, and a guest every single week, taking wrestling promotions, picking a roster, and then creating The A-Show. Their last guest was me. Mm. And I am fortunately winning, even though I didn't think I would, because... I didn't vote for you. I know you didn't. And I was, and I thought we were going to be done podcasting at that point. As soon as you said that, I'm like, that's it. (laughs) Partnership over. I definitely voted for the great balls of Maven. Yes. Four. Yeah. The the simple, the worst part about that is that there were three before it. Yep. And And of course. WrestleMania 18 and a half. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) And, of course, Chris ranks the universe. Uh, The next episode, which will be coming out in the next few weeks, I will invite back Dan and Jay Winger of the Board to Death Benchcast, and we're going to cover Mandalorian Season 2. And then Dan and I, I think we need to sit down and recap Simpsons Season 1 and 2 once we finish up with this. uh, We only got a couple episodes left of Season 2. I think we got to get those ranked. Well, I'm going to rank them. You don't have to be on the show, but I'm going to rank them. Speaking of things to rank, I have to rank something for tomorrow morning. Oh my god, I have the I have the items, just not the ranking. Hey, you gotta you gotta make that happen. Nobody gave me a ranking, but that's okay. Well, you, you, you one a week anyway, so that's yeah, fine. Eric's got one for this week too, so we'll. Does he? Yeah, he's got one oh, as well. He took the video game characters one. Yeah, he wants to do that. So the, that's the fighting fine. Game characters or whatever. It's fine. We'll let y'all have it. 
But on this show, we're going to talk about The Simpsons, and I'd like to reiterate that if you have an, an episode that you want to guest on, all you have to do is shoot me a con- some contact information. You know, just say, hey, this episode, I'd like to guest on it. I've already got three future episodes with guests confirmed. We'll announce those as we get closer. If people want to be guests on the episode, and we'll be happy to work around your schedule. So that episode may not air on Friday evening as planned, depending on the guest schedule. But we'll make sure that we get them on and get that episode released to you as soon as possible. With all that said, Dan, are you ready to talk about Brush With Greatness? Yes. This is a strange episode because... You think it's going one way, and then all of a sudden, what was going to be the B plot becomes the A plot. Yeah, and the a plot becomes the B plot. It really does. It's yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that as we go through. <clears throat> so, of course, Bart is writing on the chalkboard that he will not hide behind the Fifth Amendment. And I when... played the one, two, three, four, five, fifth. Was <laughs> it the one, two, three, four, fifth? <laughs> and. Uh, the, uh, the couch gag, I believe we've actually seen this one once already. Mm-hmm. The couch tips sideways and Maggie lands on the cushion. Uh, we may have already seen that one once before. I'm not 100% sure. They are going to start repeating before long, especially in these first couple of seasons. They don't have a lot of big original stuff. Actually, one thing that newer Simpsons episodes do way better is the couch gags get way more creative. Way more creative. And some of them are just plain fun. Uh, so, right away, Bart and Lisa are watching Krusty the Clown live from Mount Splashmore Water Park. And the whole thing is just a giant freaking promotion for the show, right? And that was the whole thing, was Krusty performed his show live on site to basically drive up ticket sales for that weekend. He even does the croon along with Krusty, where he goes, I want to go to Mount Splashmore. Take me, take me, take me, take me now! Now, 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 That's the whole song. It's just screaming. I also like for the ad for Mount Splashmore, it specifically says that there's a trauma center on premises. That just means the park is good. But you know what? The aggressive promotional song works because Bart and Lisa are sold. Mount Splashmore. Oh my God. No, no, no. It just keeps going. So my Will favorite. You shut up if I take you. Yeah. Of course. They okay. pe- they pester him everywhere: the shower, the dinner table. I also like that he's taking a nap in his tie. Not only does he hardly ever wear the tie, but he's also napping in it. So yes, he agrees. We're gonna we're gonna go to Mount Splashmore. So of course he puts on his way too tight swimsuit, where hit the smiley face that turns into a frown. And of course, he's so big he can. He has to push the seat all the way back. Also, did you notice his hardcore wife beater tan that he's got? Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the park, and of course, he's given the "don't split up" line, and he doesn't even get to finish his thought before he realizes the family's not with him anymore. And sweet, no line. Yeah, dough. Yeah, H two O is the the intense water slide. And Bart's like, all right, Lisa, put on the waterworks, babe. She starts screaming, I want my mommy. And he's like, all right, get through, guys. Got to reunite her with her mom. And they get all the way to the front of the line, which is actually pretty clever. 
And then there's Homer who just claims he's a safety inspector and just shoves everybody out of the way. And, and the, the one guy gets mad, but the old lady's like, oh, bless him. Yeah, of course, the old lady's <laughs> the one that believes him. So Bart and Lisa go down. Bart's face contorting, bitchin'. And Homer gets stuck. I do love when they're in the line and they see he'll come down and they come out and they literally just get deposited in the water and like almost die. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah, the log flume just goes straight up and then just goes straight just down. dumps straight them in the into water. the water. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine that as a real ride. I will say I'm not I'm not that big into water rides be- depending on depending on the clothes I have on and the heat will depend on how into a water ride I am. But I will say that Hershey Park has a really good log flume. Probably the most fun log flume I've ever been on. Because it's kind of coastery too. But not like not like so coastery that you need a, a lap restraint. But coastery enough that it's not just a boring log flume that just gets you wet. Like, that was actually a really fun ride. I would, uh, I would 100% ride it again. Just gotta be. You gotta be in the mood, though. You can't have you can't have clothes that are gonna be too annoying if they get wet, and because you, you know what the worst part is, right? Is when your socks get soaked, then you're then you're screwed. Yep. So if you're gonna go on a water ride, bring a change of socks. You remember the viral f- viral picture of the lady that was on Splash Mountain, and she was not having any of it. She like her arms are crossed. Yes. Yes, I, I can I like kind of know her. That's awesome, because <laughs> she's like the wife of one of the major uh, record guys <laughs> that I know from, through radio shows. That's awesome. Like, yeah, that's my wife. Well, she got she got she something happened and she had to go on it by herself and she was pissed about it. <laughs> like he like he like he had to go do something. And only she got to, and she had to go on the ride by herself, and he had to go do, like, a major phone call or something like that. <laughs> she was probably pissed at him. And so she was pissed about it. My favorite is the rock on Splash Mountain, where he's just got his, he's just got his, <laughs> the most excited little kid look on his face, and of course he's flexing. Some of those are really fun. Some of those Splash Mountain pictures are great, like the ones where they're playing, they're playing Smash Brothers on the GameCube. Or the dinner party one where they got like the guy dressed like the butler. Because when you go to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, you can wear your costumes into the park. So you can get really creative with ride photos in that in that respect. <laughs> or you can just be the guy who had that friggin' horse head. The friggin' horse head that became the viral thing. So yeah, Homer gets stuck. And <clears throat> like, oh, there's a stuck in there. Send, send a few kids in there. Yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> get it dislodged and of course... They all scream when they see Homer and they get stuck. So they have to dismantle the tube with Homer in it. And, of course, everybody's booing. By the way, did you notice when they, uh, when they when, when Marge takes uh, Maggie to the kitty wave pool, they says the water's changed hourly? Yep. And it's the one inch to the two inches. And she's like, oh, Maggie's <laughs> Yeah. So... So, of course, Homer becomes a news story. They're like, we believe the weight to be between 400 to 500 pounds. They're trying to interview Krusty, and he's like, the ride's safe, and he's panicking. He's actually wiping his makeup off. And that's exactly what you said about your... Uh... 
the oh. product that he had that like caught on fire or whatever. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, because all of Krusty's products are always uh, are al- always have something wrong with them. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, what do you think of the Krusty brand mustache trimmer now? It's crusterific, Johnny Unitas, but is my upper lip supposed to bleed like this? Yeah, probably. All of his stuff is great. Uh, Krusty, Krusty becomes like the ultimate in bastardized merchandise, too, because he's he's merchandised everything. We'll learn that in later episodes. So, Homer decides he's going to go lose some weight and go on a diet when he reveals that he's 260 pounds, which probably... That fat cow... 260 is probably actually not that bad, to be honest. 260 is not far from my goal weight. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So him and him and Bart are up in the attic searching for uh searching for the weights, and of course Bart's fucking with him with the lights, and then he burns himself on the match. And they find all these paintings of Ringo Starr. And it turns out that Marge painted them. And she definitely had a crush because in one of them, he she's marrying him. And he's like, it's just a schoolgirl crush, Homer. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. Well, even he was saying that when she finally found the first one. He's like, oh, yeah, your mom liked him, right? Like back in the day. And then he like realizes there's like five of them. And then one of them, they're getting married. And he's like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? So it's, why, if Marge was such a talented artist, how come she never pursued it? Well... She's a shitty art teacher in our school. Yeah, back in the day, her art teacher, Mr. Schindler, who hated Ringo Starr, basically ripped on her because every single time she painted something, it was of him, and he he was so rude to her that she literally just squandered her own talent. And she's like, I was so devastated that I actually sent a copy to Ringo Starr because I wanted an honest opinion. But he never wrote me back, so I pretty much just gave up. She actually wrote a letter to Liverpool, so. But Lisa's having none of this. And she takes her mother to one of the adult classes, one of those places where you can take sign up for the adult classes and everything. And, uh... At the community college, yeah. Yeah, basically the community college thing. They run into a poo who says he's going to become a screenwriter so he can write his, basically his biopic, Hands Off My Jerky Turkey. Which I actually got a kick out of that. So, but you can't get into the class until Professor Lombardo takes a look at your portfolio and puts you in. And of course, Marge starts having a panic attack and Lisa's like, no, sends him over there. And John Lovitz, the guest voice of Professor Lombardo, takes a look at Marge's paintings and you're, he absolutely loves them. He raves about it, and Marge is excited for the class. And then you realize that he's, like, just into everything. Because yeah, you're he like... Just loves, the guy's, like, painting the freaking... He's painting uh, the railing on the staircase. He's like, excellent! You realize that he's like the opposite teacher who's too easy with praise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, of course... Uh, Homer's got the heavyweights on. He can't get off the couch, so Bart literally robs him. <laughs> and but we see some progress as Homer successfully lifts a weight in the living room, almost killing the cat in the process, with the Rocky ripoff song going. And Homer, once the weights fall off, Homer successfully lifts the par. And that's all part of Marge's inspiration because 
the teacher is praising her with the Ringo stuff, and she paints Homer in his underwear, basically sleeping on the couch in his underwear holding a beer. The bald Adonis. <laughs> the bald Adonis, and she wins first place for it. So, Oh, yes. There's also, like, the Andy Warhol tomato can yep. on display there. And so, oh, man, second time we brought that up tonight while recording podcasts. We did, yes. If you listen, if you are a patron and you listen to VIP Wrestle Talk, we actually mention Andy Warhol. We're doing it when we do our music video watch along portion of the show. So, what this basically boils down to is that old Mister Burns is getting his own wing of the museum because he gave them the money for it. Yep. So, and he wants somebody to do his portrait, and every portrait he's gotten so far is just horrible he hates every one of them and you didn't notice there's like the picasso one in there it's like all the different art styles and he hates all of them and that's when he realizes that uh one of his own employees is married yeah, to somebody with talent. Like, well you've already alienated every every any person with any artistic talent like, yeah well there is this woman who just won the art show for amateurs Oh, and she's the wife of an employee. <laughs> like, oh, that's that's perfect. He's like, ah, somebody up there likes me. <laughs> somebody down here likes you too, sir. Shut up, Smithers. <laughs> that's one of our first real Smithers hints of being gay is in this episode. Between that line and then what we see with him later in the kitchen. Uh, we'll get to that. So I love the donut guy showing up. And Carl, who also has Lenny's voice because we're still mixing that up. He's like, what the hell? These donuts keep piling up because where's Homer? Yeah, he went on a diet and the guy's just mortified. He's like, I just bought, what did he say? Like, just bought a new car or something? Or he just bought his daughter something? Yeah, so. Like the uh, the guy who keeps showing up in the to give uh, Homer hot dogs. Also, John Lovitz is the uh Oh, yeah, he's the, the donut guy, yes. So, Burns arrives at the Simpsons house and he's too weak to <laughs> use the door knocker and he thinks they're being rude because they're not answering the door. But Smithers does it. And he's like, oh, won't you come in? So he makes his proposal that he wants March to do the portrait. Uh, has a panic attack when Maggie hugs his leg and he gets really aggressive with her. Maybe that's why she shoots him? Spoiler alert. Whoa, right. dude, you're freaking spoiling shit from like five years from now. Maybe. I know. It's the rate we're going. But yeah, so the whole point is to bring out Burns' inner beauty. And he's always got like a different pose that he's going with. But he's also making it really hard to uh, to to do this. Because like he's, you know, he's Mr. Burns. He's an asshole. He's ordering Smithers around. They're bustling in the kitchen. And that's when he's just like, oh, I don't consider Mr. Burns a boss. I consider him my best friend. You know, that's... It's why you realize what a kind of a pushover Smithers is. And you keep seeing this ugly side of Mr. Burns and how he's talking and treating the people. And the big the big thing that kills it for Marge is he kills Homer's entire diet momentum because Homer's so excited. Ever seen. Yeah, because he's so excited he got down to 239 pounds, which is really impressive from 260. He's a, and then Homer just, he's about to just down the whipped cream. And Marge has had enough and kicks him out. But meanwhile, over meanwhile, in Liverpool, in Liverpool, 
<laughs> yes. We realize that Ringo Starr insists on writing back to all of his fans, and it's just taken him a really long time. Even though it's been 30 years since they wrote. It's like, I must write back to all of them. And then, here's my question. And this is what I wanted to bring up earlier. Marge wrote her original letter from the house she was living in in high school. So how did he know where to write to Marge? Magic. Yes, exactly. That is a plot hole. I wonder if that'll come is, up in the trivia. He is rich and famous. He knows about the wizarding world. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. He's got connections to Hogwarts. Freaking Hufflepuffs. I imagine in that timeline, this is uh, like stuff is about to start. What with Ringo? No, in uh, Harry Potter. Oh yeah, they're about to start because Harry Potter is like a year or two older than me, so he's like literally about to get his letter in the next couple months. Because the actual Harry Potter series takes place in the nineties. Yes, I think think they confirmed he was born in 1980, so he's getting his letter in two months. Well, there you go. In one month, maybe. I hope hope Ringo's got some some knowledge as to what's about to happen, because shit gets dark real fast. (laughs) Which means in four more years, the Dark Lord's going to return. So, of course, as Marge goes through her painting montage, we have a Ringo Starr song playing in the background. It don't come easy. I'm sure it wasn't hard to get the licensing rights for it. Of course not. And at the big unveiling, <laughs> Mr. Burns can't even open the curtain for his oh, own yeah, painting. Oh, we that they, about the inciting incident. What's that? that yeah. He's doing like her, her home, her household chores. And opens up the bathroom, and there's naked Mr. Yeah, yes, that's the big thing, is uh, she actually sees what he looks like, and of course Bart's... hair in the middle of his chest. Yeah, and of course Bart's like, did he have those spots all over his body? I heard that. And yes, he did. <laughs> he did. And he opens the curtain, and there the painting is the frail-ass nude Mr. Burns. And everybody hates it, and then she did... And she <clears throat> describes what it's about. Yeah, even 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 Lombardo hates it. That was like the big thing, right? Is like he's like, I don't care for this at all. It's like, oh god, the guy who praised the guy who was painting the sign for the gallery is now having an issue. But basically, what she says is, Mr. Burns has this gruff exterior, and he's a cruel old man. But underneath, he's actually really frail, and probably not long for this world. And then freaking Miss Hoover is just like, he's bad, but he's going to die soon. So I like it. (laughs) And Burns actually thanks Marge for it and says, all is forgiven. He goes, by the way, thank you for not making fun of my genitalia. And that's the last line as Marge goes, I thought I did. I don't know much about art, but I know what I like. And I don't hate this. I don't hate this. Yeah, that's Brush with Greatness, all right. Great way to end the episode. It's a really funny, funny I ending. Put it in the well, I what, did. what is ultimately, for me, a pretty low-tier episode, I must say. It, it, and I have it, a couple of 
that are all it has some though. pretty good moments but like what you said at the beginning of the episode is so true the a plot is supposed to be homer losing all this weight and it turns into a b plot of marge's painting and they switch plots b becomes a and i think that's one of the reasons the episode doesn't really stand out a lot and i think that's a big general consensus even among simpsons fans is this isn't one of the better known season two episodes and that does have a lot to do with it because the plot didn't really know where it was going and i'm not sure if that was like a writing dispute or an experiment to see if we could go that direction because in later simpsons episodes a lot of the time the cold open stuff is has nothing to do with what we're going to get later and a lot of shows adapt that family guy is pretty well known for that too you know, starting off with something weird that leads into something else comp- entirely. You're not really sure where it's going. But uh, we're going to do some trivia here. Let's see if that actually pops up. Of course, the biggest piece of trivia is that Ringo is the first Beatle to appear. We will later see George Harrison in Homer's Barbershop Quartet. And we'll even see Paul and Linda McCarthy in Lisa the Vegetarian. <clears throat> uh, Ringo is only supposed to have one line... But he asked for his part to be expanded, and the producer agreed. Originally, the network really didn't want the word genitalia spoken by Mr. Burns at the end of the show. But Sam Simon was the one who fought back. And they finally agreed to have Sam Simon write a letter of apology to every person who felt offended by the use of the word and complained to Fox. I mean, they said genitalia. They didn't say, like, dick or even penis. Or yeah, I know. They He said genitalia. I mean, later episodes, Homer said wang. Is it really that worse? Like, genitalia is a proper term. Wang is slang. Even rhymes with slang. I don't really get that one. So here's the original, the, the trivia for the actual episode. When the story of Marge having a crush on Ringo Starr was pitched out, uh, Brian K. Roberts took the opportunity to write Star into the script because he had always wanted to meet one of the Beatles. He sent the script to Star, who was then in southern France. Star agreed to do the guest appearance after only reading two lines and told Roberts that he would be able to do it when he visited L.A. in a few weeks. The staff of the show were thrilled when Roberts revealed that Star had agreed to do it, and they immediately expanded his role. So there you go. He was excited to do it, and... That'll have it happen. Uh, Matt Groening said of the guest spot, we were so excited that we got Ringo Starr coming in to do the show and we recorded him over at the complex in West Los Angeles. We were given a list of rules about what we couldn't do to Ringo, such as don't touch him, don't approach him, and don't ask for his autograph. But of course, when he shows up in this big limo, Brian brings out this big poster and asks him to sign it. And Brian Roberts explains that he had not received the memo with the rules, so he showed up with a copy of the script cover and asked Starr to sign it. But That's one of those things, like, uh, people get, like, the list of rules from, like, the handlers, but the person doesn't really care. Like, yeah. I remember uh, when Mark Hamill made the comic book, the movie, and he, they were, he was allowed in the in the Playboy penthouse to interview Hugh Hefner, and he was given all these rules, and, like, within five minutes, all of them had been broken, and it was fine. Right. And then I think it's like a stay away, you're somebody he doesn't know, but it's like a once you have a rapport and that rapport can happen in within five seconds sometimes, you know? Well, we received a rider. You know you know what that is, right? The yep. rider? Yeah. Uh, for, for people who don't know, a rider is the list of things for the celebrity. 
And when Olivia Newton-John stayed at the hotel when I was working at there at it, uh, we got the rider from her, and we actually had to send one of the girls out to shop for some of the stuff because it was a lot of organic stuff that I wouldn't have been able to shop for. And we arranged it in the room and everything. And you can tell that that wasn't really, like, stuff that... I mean, I'm sure it was stuff that she enjoyed having, but you could tell that that was definitely her agent requesting that stuff because then she was nice as could be. Same thing happened when we had Donny Osmond at the hotel. Again, he was he was nice as could be, and you could tell that all of the requests and everything, <clears throat> like, people were so worried. There were guests milling about the lobby so they could, like, get his autograph when he came back from his performance. And, like, the, the, uh, the, ho- the hotel manager that was on duty at the time that was actually one of the sales agents that orchestrated the thing, she's, like, out at the desk with me, and we're, like just anxiously staring at these people in the lobby and like the bus driver was all nervous about it. But then the, he comes in and the people politely ask for autographs. He signs them, he takes pictures and then he said goodnight to us. So it was never a problem. And I remember, you know, he comes over, he says, he's, he talks to us. We ask him about the show and that, and she looks at me, she goes, well, that was easy. And the back of my head, I'm like, well, yeah, a lot of these people, as long as no one's actively trying to attack him, most of them are actually pretty cool about stuff. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of them that are dicks, but, you know, a lot of them are very appreciative. Another thing about writers is uh, the, the the famous writer of, like, the Rolling Stones is they wanted only green M&Ms. Yes. That, that's a test. Right. They actually came out in the last 20 years that that was a test because if we had a jar and it was full of green M&Ms, we knew that they actually took care of the things that actually matter. Yeah, there you go. And that's, uh, that, that's, 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 yeah, you said it perfectly. Yeah. So Matt Groening actually gave Ringo the choice about how he was to be animated, whether it would be the yellow submarine style or the Beatles style from 1965. He actually chose yellow submarine because he did not like his appearance in the Beatles animated. So, (laughs) Uh, we mentioned the Andy Warhol Campbell soup cans. Uh, Homer's the same weight he was at Homer's night out and king size Homer. So his weight kind of fluctuates, but also kind of not. Also, this is the first time we actually hear the name Apu. He had not been named up to this point. He was just the convenience store clerk. That's actually pretty cool. Right, there was never a need to reveal him from as a name. Uh, as Homer's approaching the scale, they play the good, the bad, and the ugly music. <laughs> and of course, the, the Gone with the Wind spoof line, has God is my witness, I'll always be hungry again, when he re- vows to give up pork chops. Oh, why did I choose to start a diet on pork chop night? Uh, a rare occurrence to Mr. Burns knowing Homer's first and last name. And uh, in the Simpsons attic, there was the uh, Burns for Governor sticker, which is a reference to an episode that we've already covered. And this is the only actual spoiler from this episode. Oh, it's not that most much of an interesting thing. This is only the third time we ever see Krusty without his makeup. And don't get used to that because it doesn't happen often from here on out. You know, there's something I see that's a, a trivia piece about the original original pitch of the idea of this episode was that Marge would take an art class 
and be drawing depressing paintings and the family would realize that she's secretly unhappy and something else would happen. Oh, well, thank God they didn't go that route. Because <laughs> that's just terrible. I don't want Marge to be depressed. <clears throat> so, yes. Uh, Brush with Greatness is eh, bottom tier for season two. It's... It's some great moments, though. It has some really funny moments, but it doesn't really know what it wants to be, and that's the problem. But, which, whatever plot you want it to be on, uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so. Uh, other than that, too much else to say about it. But we're uh, next time we come to you on Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're going to talk about a very good episode and a very important episode. It's Lisa's Substitute, which uh, this is a very, this is one of the top tier Lisa episodes. This is the first great Lisa episode. We've gotten Lisa-centric episodes before, but this is the first really great one. And again, very, very important episode, especially with her character development. We'll be talking about that next time. We're about to wrap up uh, season two here, because after Lisa's Substitute, we have War of the Simpsons. Followed by Three Men and a Comic Book, which will feature a guest. And then we'll close out with Blood Feud. So season two is almost at a wrap. There's a guest star next episode, Mr. Sam Etik. Yes. There's trivia about who Sam Etik is. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's not his real name. No, it's not. <laughs> Very important guest star. Uh Two guest stars that we're going to talk about in short order here that were embarrassed to be on the show, but then later realized how stupid that was. Uh, but yes, that's a brush with greatness. Final thoughts, Dan? Like I said, overall, not one of the great ones, but there is some classic moments. Yeah, I think my, uh, <laughs> I think the one that still gets me the best is that closing line. Like, it's not often that The Simpsons will get you to laugh out loud on a closing line, but this one nails it. Absolutely nails it. All right, and that'll wrap up this episode. We'll see you next time on the Stupid Sexy Podcast. It's like I'm podcasting nothing at all. <laughs>